Warning! The Bone Bad Show is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out!
What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 166 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? That's going, man. It's, it's been a long, long time, hasn't it's it? It's been a hot minute since we talked. It's true. Yeah, I've been busier than a three dick dog. Sorry about this. <laughs> I always heard it as a three peckered goat. Now, which no. is the the busier animal? The three peckered goat is I'm hornier than a three peckered goat, busier than a three dick dog. And it's, by the way, it's not goat, it's billy goat, if you really want to get the colloquialism correct. I never heard it as a billy goat. I heard it just as a three-peckered goat. Huh. Pecker, it, though, it ha- not dick. Right, because, you know, pecker is more of a goat term. That or dick is more of a, of a dog term. Or it's more of a colloquial term. Maybe, like, suck my colloquial. <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway, as you were speaking. No, I don't know. been a long time, but, you know, regular listeners will know... That has been a long time because I'm sure they've been missing us something fierce. <laughs> yes, it's been. There's been a hole in your lives, people. A and bone bat shaped hole. We're back, and to we're here it. to plug that thing up. <laughs> yes, it's funny how each year after the film festival, it's like we get tireder and tireder. <laughs> There's a longer gap between the next <laughs> show, until the next show. We're so old. We are old. Which, you know, why don't we just jump right into what pisses us off? Dude, Steve. This, this aging thing is kind of getting on my last nerve. I'm too fat, it's hard to lose weight, and my neck hurts. What's that shit about? It's like the minute I turn 50, I start having afflictions. Your neck has hurt for like two months now. Like I woke up, like, you know, like you do with a crick in your neck, you know? it's I slept wrong. And usually it's a little hard. You notice when you're trying to drive to work and turn your head and you can't really get your head all the way around to check your blind spot. So you got to turn your entire body, which kind of makes it like, you know, one of those guys on TV when they're being towed by a trailer. So, you know, they're not really driving. <laughs> so you, you, you kind of, you know, figure it out and you get to work. And then after a day or two, it goes away and you're fine. But this one has been like going on for about three weeks now. And then... It just happens to be like allergy season, so I've got oh, no. hay fever. I'm sneezing. I got an itchy throat, itchy ears, and all of a sudden I got a sore throat because of that. My neck hurts, and I'm just a fucking mess. So you are a mess. What you know drag what sucks? It is getting old, as somebody once said. I think they did sing that. If your neck is all out of whack, don't sneeze. <laughs> right? That's the yeah. fucked up thing. It's like the the one antidote to allergies. The one thing you want to do is the one thing by, you know, penalty of possible death, my head might fall off, that I can't do. So Yeah, hiccups. Hiccups also bad. That pisses me off, man. Yeah. I've got an equally mundane thing that pisses me off, Steve. Yeah? Every goddamn boring thing in my uh, house is breaking. <laughs> like, in the last, since I've last spoken with you on this show, I think I bought a new washer, a new dryer, a new phone, a new laptop for a kid. Uh, my windows to my house, like three of them, are suddenly broken. Like, the the pane of glass is still there, but they don't open. It's just right. like like everything all at once. It's like my, my whole in, inside and outside of my house just went, oh, you're old, I'm old too, break. Well, so I spent about like, like a pile of money on a bunch of stuff that none of which is fun. Yet none of which is fun, or are you ever going to see the value out of? Because say you were going to sell your house. They expect it to have things like, oh, solid, complete windows, 
Yeah, they do. Appliances that are plugged in that work. That like, don't, yeah, yeah catch on fire. Yeah, you don't get fire. any benefit or any extra, like, brownie points for having those things. They're just expected. And ergo, that money is just, like, throwing it in a well. Yeah, and you know what? My own personal cell phone, I, I think we're all past the point of being excited about our cell phone now. It's just an accessory. I had to get a new one. I'm like, ah, oh, damn. What what can I get? What that one there? Yeah, I hand right, it to me. Right, because you got to oh. download all your apps and put your contacts on it. It's kind of a pain in the ass. It's like the old phone was like that pair of jeans that you've broken in just right. Yeah. yeah it had its quirks. Sure, one of my butt cheeks hung out of one side where I, I <laughs> tore the pocket. Damn it, it was comfortable. Boy, this is the most depressing show ever. Really? Yeah, we're sad fucking old men. It's true. So, Steve. Yes. Do you want to talk about your your musical uh, accompaniment here? What's well, going you know, on? That should make you happy. One one good thing when you're completely depressed is to have a nice offering of some black metal. Right now, you are listening to Portland, Oregon's Uada, which means haunted in Latin. They're the new brainchild of Lord Serpent from Ceremonial Castings, who you may recall we featured a couple of times on the show in the past. And uh, he went out and did this brand new thing. So it's kind of a, I, I guess, a, a little bit less of a theatrical metal act, but very much back to roots. I love the fact that it has the trappings of black metal, so grinding guitars and uh, that type of vocal styling. But inside of it, it's got just some great riffing. And I really enjoyed their first album, Devoid of Light, which came out a couple of years ago. And they just released a brand new one last week called Cult of a Dying Sun from Eisenstadt Records. So uh, we opened the show with the tune The Purging Fire from that release. And uh, we're going to listen to uh, a little bit more of their stuff as the show continues. All right, then. Actually, you know what? We could jump into another tune right now. Let's do it. All right, here's another one from Cult of a Dying Sun. This is called Snakes and Vultures.
right, once again, that was Snakes and Vultures from Cult of a Dying Sun, the brand new release from Uwada. Uh, from their bio, from the darkness, Uwada, meaning haunted in Latin, which I already said. Emerges, emerges, breathing the spirit of the original 90s black metal wave. Since 2014, this Portland, Oregon four-piece has used a unique approach to combine raw black metal and spectral melodies. January 24, 2015, saw the live debut appearance for a packed house at Famine Fest 2 in Portland. Uwada was well-received and quickly dubbed one of the main highlights of the fest. Following their first and only photo shoot with Peter Best, Uwada returned fire in Portland at the 6th Northwestern Black Circle Festival. They also included uh, additional Northwest tour dates. In spring 2016, they released their debut album, Devoid of Light via Eisenwald Records. On their sophomore full-length, Cult of a Dying Sun, Iwata expand the scope and range of the hypnotic craft, balancing sharp riffs with spectral melodies in a manifold of haunting yet distinct black metal dirges. A sharp spear in the heart of the brightest star, epic, atmospheric, and deadly. They will hit the road for their Snakes and Vultures European tour in spring and North American tour in summer in support of the new album and material. Pretty cool! I kind yeah. of dig the the song Snakes and Vultures we just listened to. I like how, how uh, it reminds me some of the riffs of actually Sisters of Mercy. Hmm. Like there's some that cool, clean kind of single string riffing is pretty cool stuff. That's what it reminds me of, kind of that epic feel. Pretty fun. Right on. I hadn't uh, got a Sisters of Mercy vibe from that when I was listening to it, but I'll check it out again with that in mind. They're going to be touring this summer. Uh, they come, let's see here, Seattle on June 30th, uh, Portland on July 1st, Oakland on July 2nd, Los Angeles on July 3rd. Uh, additional dates are available on their website, so you should check that out if you are interested. All right. I wanted to talk about a few things. Uh, first of all, just kind of uh, wrapping up Bone Bat, the film festival for 2018. Uh, a couple of reviews that uh, were live. I might have mentioned these. I'm not sure. Uh, about to review podcast, episode 104, Science Factor, Science Fiction, featuring uh, People's Critic Tim Hall. Uh, he talked about the film festival for a few minutes on that podcast. Well worth That's cool. Also, uh, Brent McKnight of TheLastThingIC.com posted uh, an article called Boneback Comedy of Horrors 8, Zombies, Werewolf Dong, and Evil Rubber Duckies. Um, Always got to bring the werewolf dong into it, doesn't he? Which was, uh, it's also a great read. He actually breaks down a number of the shorts. Uh, We're still waiting for a geek named Bob. Uh, I've spoken to him. He's going to have a review of all the shorts coming out shortly. And I'm expecting to uh, see something mentioned in the uh, next issue of Belladonna Magazine from the Horror Hunters. (laughs) Uh, their favorite was Lunch Ladies, as uh, was one of ours this year. So it makes As was sense. many people. Yeah, she loved that. And, you know, they've been killing it. Have you been seeing all the awards they've been winning? They should be. <laughs> they just, like, won an award in Mexico. I think they won an award in Germany. They're just killing it. It's very cool to see them winning so much. Uh, it's a great film, and they did a great job with it. Right on. Yeah. So uh, I guess the final piece of the film festival for this year was Crypticon 2018, which I attended. 
back in May. Uh, that was a great time. I was on five panels uh, for that. Uh, we just went overnight, Saturday to Sunday. Uh, we got there first thing Saturday morning, and first thing I did was the Saturday morning cartoons, which I've done for a number of years. It was a lot of fun. I was able to play all of the animated offerings from this year's fest, and I even snuck in a little short. You may remember that we couldn't fit into our fest, uh, The Creature from the Lake. Do you recall that oh, one? Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember that one. It was yeah. uh, it was cute. It's super fun, and a, a few other uh, trademark things. Mm-hmm. That were on the show. <laughs> what was that? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, had a, there was a podcasting panel, which was a great time. Uh, it was uh, moderated by Taylor and Tony of the Grave Plot Podcast. Uh, Reverend and Fuego from BJ Shea was on there as well. And uh, Tom Carnell and Langley West from the Bonus Material Podcast. And we got to talk kind of nuts and bolts of podcasting and uh, some best practices, what works for you. Uh, it's always, you know, I've been on that type of panel a number of times, and it's always kind of interesting, you know, what direction it's going to take. Other years, people have wanted to know kind of more about, like, what do I got to buy? What do, what software do I need? What things, you know, do, do I need to make my own podcast? And this year, it ended up talking more about, like, editing. Um, a few people, and myself included, were talking about, like, live sound. I, I think that was front of mind because you're at a convention where you're liable to interview people. And that's always a challenge to get good live sound when you interview somebody because there's so much going on at a con. And so oh, you figured out how to get good live sound? Yeah. You <laughs> oh. Motherfucker. Anyway. Yeah. So we discussed those things, and that was pretty entertaining. Uh, even more fun for me this time, though, was uh, there was a panel on film festivals and how to submit to a film festival and what to expect when you submit. I've never been on a panel like that before. This year, Eric Morgrit, of course, was there, who was running the Crypticon Film Festival at the time. Uh, Gary Washington from Bleedingham Film Festival. And uh, Heather Bartles, who uh, has worked at SIF before and uh, is working on a film festival in central Washington now. And uh, it was just kind of interesting to hear other people's takes, because you and I discuss at length, like, you know, okay, what, what does this film need to be? What are the things we're looking for? And to hear other people's takes and how they view that process was really fascinating to me. And I think you useful to, it was mostly local filmmakers who attended. And, you know, to hear them sort of laid out for, okay, here's what you want. You know, if you're not sure, cut it short. Make it shorter. Make sure it's concise. You know, kill your babies a little bit. Don't, don't leave too much there. Make sure that you're telling the exact story you want to tell and no more. Uh, be sure when you submit to give all the information. Don't be insulted if you're not selected. I mean, there was a lot of really great, valuable information there, I think. That's cool, because we have been talking about that forever. It's nice that, uh, I, I mean, it's hard to conceive that someone is out there who doesn't listen to the show, but in case there is, <laughs> they might get the knowledge there. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it, it is, other people do definitely look at it different, especially when you have a wider array of films that you accept. Like, yeah. currently, Eric, Eric was talking about he's doing the Issaquah Film Festival now, and it's not genre. So they can take anything. They can take a documentary. They can take a, you know, coming-of-age story. They can fit in a sci-fi or a horror, but the, the, that, the whole thing has opened up to them. Like, how many times have we looked at a film and said, you know, that's a great film, but it's not right for us? I know that we've 
prefer rather than a coming of age story, an aging of cum. How long have you had that one in the bag? Ever since I heard you say coming of age minutes ago. <laughs> so anyway, fascinating discussion. Uh, closed out the evening with uh, the bo- best of bone bat uh, screening, which was a lot of fun. I think we showed 15 of our favorites from the 40 some that we showed in the film. <laughs> 20,000. Yeah. It's, it's getting ridiculous. And, uh, we were able to, you know, close it with lunch, ladies. But of course, we were able to award Emiko uh, Justin Vinal's short uh, with the Pacific Northwest Award at the screening, which was a lot of fun. So that was really satisfying, you know, for me to again have the opportunity to kind of give a little something back to one of these filmmakers that worked so hard to make our fest a success. So that was really cool. Then. Oddly, on Sunday, I was invited to be on a best horror comedy panel, which was that's a lot weird. Of fun. Yeah, right. I didn't know a thing about that, huh? <laughs> but it was it was pretty cool because you know it, with that kind of panel, you, I was moderating, and you you kind of get concerned. I, I don't want to get to where we're just listing all of our favorite shit. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it, it could be kind yeah. of boring if that's all you're doing. But I think that we as a group did a good job of kind of talking about, okay, what makes a good horror comedy? What is, what is a horror comedy type that might be a twist that you would really enjoy? And so we got to talk about a lot of really cool stuff and uh, that was fun as well. So once again, a great time I think was had by all Uh, some of the personal things I got to do outside of my own panels. Uh, There was a great art house horror panel, which was a, Tony K was on, who I always enjoy listening to him, Heather Bartles, and uh, some folks that I wasn't familiar with, but uh, they did a great job in kind of, you know, laying out these more esoteric or thinky horror pieces than you'd normally, than I would normally maybe stumble across. It was weird, though. 15 minutes of talking about art house horror, and nobody mentioned Suspiria once. That was the weirdest That is thing weird. Of the whole and they're remaking thing. that. I know. They're re- are you, so, have you seen the trailer yet? Yeah. What do you think? I think I've seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, that was kind of creepy and didn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, Suspiria. Yeah, it's that's staying right. true to the source material. Absolutely, 100% true to the source material. Except for the source material was loud and garish. And the trailer was not particularly loud and garish. I kind of missed that. Oh, just turn up the volume. Where's the red? Where's the green? I don't know. Yeah. What light oh. filters, man? Anyway, uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I agree couple other fun things they did a live commentary of sleepaway camp it was hosted by steve lang who you know is the director of junk bucket and junk bucket 2 junk bonds uh, also celine ramadan who is from the band uh, prom queen who is also an actress she was in junk bucket one uh and uh they moderated it it had jonathan tierston who played ricky in the film and karen fields who was judy and they were just wisecracking and making jokes about the whole film. Julie was able to attend with me, and we had a wonderful time. That was so much fun. Definitely one of the highlights of the convention. Nice. In addition to you know that viewing, I also got to spend a little bit of time watching some of the Crypticon Film Festival shorts. And dude, Eric did a great job this year. Everything I saw was really cool. There's one, though, a, a short called The Doll Maker. And I don't know that it's like available everywhere yet but just bookmark that write it down it is fucking incredible one of the best shorts i've seen this year it was never submitted to us 
because it would have been in and wow just an amazing effective creepy terrifying film you would love it love it love it love it i'm sold already so once again thanks to mickey for hosting us at this year's uh crypticon uh as always uh the saturday night party was a blast julie and i spent some time drinking upstairs our daughter was down at the zombie prom everybody was having a good time to walk around and talk horror and have drinks with some of the coolest people in Seattle is always an amazing treat, and I uh, can't wait to do it again. One of these years, I hope you can make it up, man, because it is really a lot of fun. That sounds pretty cool, man. Absolutely. Thanks again to Eric, of course, for uh, giving us room to show our films, and thanks to Jason for placing me on panels. I don't know why people would want to listen to me, but uh, I was there, and I hope that uh, the people who attended enjoyed it. Maybe you're just there to make the other people look good. That might be, and that's a worthwhile endeavor, I think. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Definitely a good time. All right, man, well, uh, why don't we listen to another tune? Okay, what do you want to listen to? Let's go back to the first album from Uwada, uh, Devoid of Light from 2016, and check out Natus Eclipsum.
All right, once again, that was Natus Eclipsum from 2016's Devoid of Light by Uada. Hope you dug it. Got any weird stuff this week, my friend? Oh, you know, I do. I, I, I kind of do. It's not the usual, like, you know, some guy in Florida was caught trying to have carnal relations with a, a seagull and an alligator. It's more, more just a, a weird thing I've noticed about what's going on right here in America. And here's, uh, here's the way it goes down. I was talking to a law enforcement type, and they, they sort of brought this to my attention, that we keep going, hey, we're a nation of laws, and these immigrants, when they come here illegally, they're breaking the law, they shouldn't be here. Okay, we'll, we'll set that aside. Because the, the flip side of the coin is, we're a nation of laws, and it doesn't matter where you're from or what your status is, if you're here, you're supposed to be protected by the laws. And we're in this really weird spot right now as a country where we've got 5 million people which are no longer protected by the law. And I'm saying that because we have this bizarre zero tolerance policy where it doesn't matter who you are or what's going down. If you are not 100%, your papers aren't completely up to date, and you run across any kind of engine of the state, you get tossed in jail and separated from your family and deported. So assume for a moment that you are the victim of a crime. You cannot go to the cops. You no longer have protection of the police in this country. Worse, perhaps, if you still don't give shit, if you yourself, a citizen of this great nation, you're a victim of a crime and the only witness is someone who is here illegally. They cannot help you out. They can't report that crime. So they're out of the legal system, and because of that, you are a little bit out of the legal system as well. So it makes a cop's job a lot harder and a lot weirder. A, a traffic stop can turn into a massive separation of a family. It can turn into a deportation. It can turn into something terrible quick. So cops, their job wasn't hard enough already. It's become even harder, but... What's so weird is it's all in the name of law and order. By having this zero-tolerance policy, we've, we've made ourselves less safe. And for those of you out there who are thinking, yeah, 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 I don't care about that, I just want enough of these people out of here that it cuts down on these terrifying gangs that Donald Trump keeps telling me about, if you're part of a community and you no longer enjoy the protection of the law, you've got to go somewhere for protection. And... Communities like that throughout history have always ended up under the protection of groups that are outside of the law, criminal gangs. This zero-tolerance policy to make us safer from these foreign criminal elements is actually making it more dangerous to be here. And this strange policy that's supposed to be in the name of the law has taken 5 million people and removed them from the protection of the law. That, to me... It's just fucking bizarro, and I don't like it. That's my weird shit. I, I agree. It seems like the the policy, it it's not necessarily protection or saving American jobs or about law and order, but about what is the cruelest possible thing that we can do, strictly as a deterrent to keep people from coming here. And that's what's fucked up to me, because I keep thinking back, maybe I'm naive, but this is supposed to be the great American melting pot, right? This is, if you want, if you live somewhere and you want to better your life, 
you want to work hard, you can go to America and you can work hard and make something of yourself and set up a whole new life for your family. And if you live somewhere where crime is rampant or the government is corrupt or gangs are killing your family members, going to America sounds like a pretty great deal. And we've set up a system now where, like you said, we'll tear families apart if we catch you. We're going to take your kids from you, not because it's protecting anybody or not because it's good for the family, but because it's cruel. Because if we're cruel, if we're mean enough, then that'll teach them people won't come here. But that's not what the country is supposed to be about. That's not what this country was founded on. And yeah, it bothers me as well. Don't even get me started on a president who thinks that he's above the law and can pardon himself. That's another thing. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, Jesus Christ. But to have an attorney general who kind of smiles about the fact of tearing families apart and kicking people out and destroying lives, who may be just trying to do what our ancestors did two or three generations ago, get on a boat and come here and make a better life for themselves, I'm left as just as befuddled as you are. Yeah, they're going to need to change that inscription on the Statue of Liberty. I'm not sure what it's going to say, but it's not going to say, bring us your, your huddled masses. Bring us your Swedes and Norwegians, is that what? Bring us your really white people, yeah. <laughs> I think Trump said that at one point, right? How can we get more I'm pretty Swedes? sure he did. He did. <laughs> and Sweden's like, yeah, you know, we're good. No, no, we're going to stay here. <laughs> not, not really interested in what's going on Sweden's over there. Sweden's not bad. We have the best death metal. Maybe not the best. A lot of good stuff. Anyway. Yeah, I suppose. But Sweden, dude, don't eat. Your salsa sucks balls. <laughs> I've never had Swedish salsa, I have to admit. I haven't either. And yet, I, I know. know. I, I don't know no. how, like, a sweet burger would taste. Do you think that's any good? Yeah, I bet that's really good. They Because, <laughs> you know, Sweden, they, they do a lot with meat there. And that, that's a meaty thing. They don't do so much with, like, jalapenos. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. And, and you you're kind of used to that now. Living in uh, Central California, you have a good deal of the best Mexican food around. Yeah, I do. One of the things, to, to, to go back to flogging Trump, one of the things Trump warned us about is if he didn't win, there'd be a taco truck on every corner. And <laughs> I'm see, like, that's a selling nice, point. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who doesn't want that? <laughs> yeah, I would love a taco truck on every corner. That's yeah, I think even friendly. Norway, they're like, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, this may be blasphemous to say, but if I'm given a choice between a chicken in every pot and a taco truck on every corner? Yeah. Easy. Taco truck. Because <laughs> I've had a chicken. I've had several chickens. Not as good as tacos. Not as good as tacos. Even even chicken tacos. Right. You know how to improve a chicken? You put it in a taco. Put it in a taco. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't care if you fry the shell, if it's taco dorado, if it's a soft taco, wrap that chicken. Yeah, it would be nice to stop being fucking depressed about government stuff. That's the It way. would be. You know, it seems it was, like every day there's, there's some news that comes out. And one of the biggest problems, I've always felt like like you should be able to talk to anybody about politics and get over it and have a pizza or a beer or something like that. You know what I mean? And right yeah. now, there's we're just in a spot right now in America where the two sides think that each, each side is an asshole. And they're not going to talk and they won't even entertain the idea. And if that's what's going on, nothing is going to get better in this country. You've got two parties in the legislature that can't 
agree on anything. They can't come together. They can't sit down and hash out an agreement on a law or a bill or really fucking anything because it's either fuck you or obstructionism or they're just refusing to work together. It's it's brutal. It's totally brutal. I had a client bring up politics. I knew he was very conservative. And he's like, hey, what do you think of that uh, Jerry Brown there? I knew where he was going. It's like, oh, shit, here it comes. Were you able because to have he, the conversation, though? Or was it, oh, all yeah, right, actually, that's he, what you like, well, fuck you. Or did, were I you, actually blew his mind because he likes to think of himself as someone who has principles. Mm-hmm. And so I talked about Jerry Brown as a fiscal conservative and how – surprised I was that that I like the guy and the things that he's done that have actually made a difference. California pre-Brown, California post-Brown. And and he was like, oh, huh, wow. Because, you know, anyone that gets their, their news from like Breitbart thinks California is just overrun with transvestite machete-wielding uh, illegal a- aliens from <laughs> scary places. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, no, everything works. I had the most... Like California Day the other day where I went to my wife's big old company party, watched some great live music, I don't know, had some stadium food, walked around in San Francisco and the sun was out and like there were just people out enjoying the day. Then I got in my car and drove across the the Delta and the farmlands and then visited another friend and, you know, crops are blooming. People are employed. No one's killing each other. There's not like flaming homeless encampments on every corner. Like one would be maybe believed if they spent too much time watching Fox news or reading Breitbart or whatever. Yeah. It was very mellow. And on a side note, the Steve Miller band. Yes. They've been bringing it for like 50 years. (laughs) They're fucked. They're freaking awesome live. I had no idea. Nice. Those guys are consummate professionals. They get up. They play song after song after song that you know. They can still hit all the notes. Nobody's auto-tuned. They can harmonize. It's like, oh, wow, damn, you guys are amazing. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah, you get to see some some cool acts at that thing. You know, it's funny. uh, Steve Miller's guitarist was a dude named Corky who played on some of the early albums he and his wife had a teriyaki shop that was like a half mile from the book company where I used to work. And I would go in there and like Steve Miller's gold records were on the wall in this little office park teriyaki place. It was so funny. That's so cool. A guy I think has passed away now, so rest in peace. But yeah, that was that was always kind of fun. Speaking of music, dude, why don't we listen to another tune? Hey, let's do it. This is something a little more chill from the uh, new one, Cult of Dying Sun. This is called The Wanderer.
All right, once again, that was The Wanderer from Uada, Cult of a Dying Sun, 2018. You can buy it through their Bandcamp at uwada.bandcamp.com or at finer record stores near you. Dude, uh, want to talk a little multimedia triage? Sure. You know, there's a movie. I don't know if you've seen it, but I really wanted to talk to you about it. Have you seen You Were Never Really Here? No, I have not seen that film. Ah, as a as a guy who likes film and knows a lot about film, now I'm really getting blown away. There's a guy in it named Joaquin Phoenix. Have you heard of him? Yes, I've heard of him. He's uh, okay. of the Phoenix family. Oh, he is of the Phoenix family. Um, well, ostensibly it's about a guy that was in the army and now he's not. And he, he makes his living by rescuing kids that are kidnapped. And it's not an action shoot 'em up movie. It is, it is not uh, John Wick. It is shot. Everything is very close up, and there's a lot of quiet places in it. And it's the violence is brutal and and realistic and quick. And it's a hell of a movie. And when I finished watching it, the guy I was watching it with he goes, uh, "Man, that reminded me a lot of Taxi Driver." And I've never seen Taxi Driver. I have the DVD right here with me and I will be watching it soon as soon as my friend returns from Japan but you've not watched it so screw you it's the kind of movie that I really liked but I don't know that a lot of people really will okay is it yeah. on Netflix or is this one you gotta order the disc or what's the deal I went to a, it's called a movie theater oh so it's it's out now right. that's weird yeah. I, I don't know how I, I've missed that I haven't heard of it yeah, there were previews on television and stuff. I don't know. Well, dude, yeah. I, I've gone to so many movies since the last podcast, and uh, I don't. And that's that, like not one you saw like on the marquee. Probably need to go too deeply into it. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War, loved it. Fun, super it fun, totally loved fun. it. Deadpool yeah. two, totally fun. Not as Even, good as the first one, but still pretty good. I would say equal to the first one. I would say not equal to the first one because because was, you were already expecting it. No, uh, the first one was a much tighter story. I thought in the middle it was a little too loose and flabby. They should have tightened it up. But there is a certain misdirection that happens in the film that I thought was super delightful. It was absolutely wonderful. That I loved it. Maybe the best thing in the film. So the misdirection so, yeah. was super cool. I, I thought that was totally fun. I won't spoil it here because if you want to see it, you're going to love that part. It was maybe the best thing in the film. But, uh, but it was totally entertaining. I liked it. It was definitely worth the money. Cool. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, Solo, I haven't did seen you see Solo. Want to. Gonna. Haven't yet. Solo's super fun. You know, get too excited or get your hopes built up too much because it is a, with quote, Star Wars movie. Just go and have a good time. Fucking great popcorn movie. Great. A little high That's school, what I'm little, little fan service. Good stuff. I enjoyed it. Cool. But, also, I haven't seen Heredity, and I really want to see that. Hereditary. Uh, went and saw it mm -hmm. this weekend. It's totally funny. It wasn't really on my radar. I saw that it was screening at SIF, and uh, so I knew it was around, but I didn't know really what it was about. And all of a sudden, the reviews started hitting. And, you know, not like the review sites, but... All of our friends who know things and see good movies, they just started beating this buzz like on Facebook. Like, Hereditary is fucking great. You should go see Hereditary. 
you know, just start building. And, and Julie usually doesn't come to me. And she was like, hey, why don't we go, you know, Saturday morning. Why don't we go see Hereditary first thing Saturday morning? So we go to the theater, and who's there but our friend Matt Fora just appears. I'm like, holy shit. Well, okay, this is the hot ticket then. And, you know, I, I don't want to spoil it or let people know what it is. But I do want to say that it's creepy. The payoff is great, and the acting performances are absolutely wonderful. So take that for what it's worth. If you want to see, like, a little bit of a slow burn that really pays off in the end, go see Hereditary. Gonna plan it on TV stuff? You watching anything? Oh, finally got caught up on things like um, The Terror, which, did you finish watching The Terror? I finished watching The Terror. It's funny because I did not read the book. Yeah, but uh, several of my friends who like claim that the terror is their favorite book ever hated the ending of the series. They said kinda... it just fucked the book up. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's. I, I didn't I... like the ending. I, I thought there was way too much. It just got weird, and you know, people starving and hallucinating, and so I, that's I don't know. what I... I understand is all the weird shit has actual explanations behind it if you read the book. There's a lot that's left out, and it ends hmm. up being kind of weird and non-sequitur just because the reasoning behind it is never explained. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe maybe that one suffered a little over-editing. I swear but to I, God, I, there's a copy of it somewhere in this house, but I have no idea where it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I've seen your book collection. Yeah, it's just, there's piles it's of shit everywhere. I, I don't know where it is, but... I'm I'm almost positive I've got a copy of the Terror around here somewhere. Now, watching Westworld, and I'm watching The Expanse, and this is the way it's been going the last couple uh, weeks. Okay, watch Westworld, and I go, "Huh, that was a lot of soaring violins and soft focus, and people gently stroking the grasslands as they walk along, or the the drone shot of the." majestic canyons blah, 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 blah. and then I watch the expanse and I go yeah <laughs> you know I still have not gotten past like episode 3 of the expanse season 1 that's I've tried tough, that's the I, toughest I, I episode to get past I've tried <laughs> to watch it I've tried to watch it a couple of times I just haven't been able to get into it I know there's some good stuff there but you know that kind of mirrors Westworld this season for me because the the first two I sort of watched it, and I watched it in that lackadaisical way that I watch TV a lot of times now. I'm fucking around on my phone, and I'm maybe playing a little Marvel Puzzle Quest at the same time or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm not focusing on Westworld. And I was missing a lot of what was going on, and I decided, I, like, I was four episodes in the on the TiVo, so I hadn't deleted it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend some brain power on this. And I started listening to the Westworld podcast, and I went back and listened to the podcast after every episode oh dude it's so much of a richer experience once i actually devo devoted my full attention to it i'm really digging it now like okay. there's crazy I shit that, that at the time the first time i saw it i was like shrug and the second time i saw it was like oh my fuck did they just do what i thought they did <laughs> like that was a game changer and it, it's so subtle and so calling back to like something three episodes ago that if you're not totally paying attention, you don't notice. An internet friend of mine, Stephen Thompson. Stephen, if you're listening to this, you kind of asked a question. Should you spend time on Westworld this season? Yes. It's fucking great if you pay attention to it. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I'm going to say that I, uh, 
I watch it with intention. I don't have my phone out when I watch it, and I'm I'm paying attention to it. And I just I still find that they pack twenty minutes of cool stuff into a sixty minute episode. At least the last two have been that way for me. So you didn't think that the ep- the Japanese episode where they had doppelgangers of like all the characters that were acting out the same scenarios that were going on in the Western world, that wasn't badass? That was awesome. However, that was not two episodes ago. And you know what? It was cool. <laughs> you see, okay, we're doing that last Tuesday, next Tuesday thing. <laughs> because oh, did you have a different a, definition of two? No, I'm sorry. There's an episode and another episode and then that one. So it was two episodes. If you're counting backwards, it was two episodes ago. Okay, the one I just saw, that's one. And that no, was... the current episode. The last episode. The episode, uh, okay, you know what? The You're episode right. before You're right. that was two episodes. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you that one. But even that, they had the doppelgangers, and then they had, like, the two, um, like, the tattooed face ladies. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It started out like that was going to be something really cool. They were they could really explore that and make something neat out of it. And no. <laughs> like, oh, come on, really? Well, but maybe they yeah. haven't got back awesome to setup. it. Like, the, the Ghost Nation... They hadn't yeah, gotten maybe. back to that since, like, the first season. And then they just spent some time on it this last episode. Yeah, then they spent an hour t- was, telling I'll, how mundane you know, and sad it is. Granted, <laughs> granted, it was sad, and it was not my favorite episode. But they do come back to stuff. Unlike Legion, which never comes back to anything, ever. You don't know that until you see the final <laughs> episode of Legion. <laughs> Have you seen? It's not over yet, is it? It's not over yet, oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm withholding judgment. Yeah, I just... God, that show fucking leaves me just befuddled. I just sit there and I'm like, what? Why did we spend in a whole episode looking at that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that one episode where it was all the different potential lives he could have had. Yeah, okay, that was, well, I'm talking that was about and all, but... all the, the, the life of the girlfriend. That's the one that just, I was like, fucking ugh. Oh, I like that. I yeah, like going I thought in. that was terrible. I didn't like the one that was, or I only kind of liked the one that was like all the different potential lives he could have had. Like that would have been a neat 15 minutes, maybe not a neat 50 minutes. So what I think I'm gathering here is that everybody should watch The Expanse. Yeah, they should. If they're not, you know, they're less of a person. So what, what is the deal with that? It got canceled and then picked up again by a different network? What's going on? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Sci-Fi, for whatever reason, said, we're not renewing this, and Amazon went, all right, we'll take it. And people went, yay. Cool. All right. Well, you know, it's funny because I was watching it on Amazon. So Amazon's got all the viewer information. They know how good that show is. Yeah. I don't know if maybe sci- it was too too expensive for sci-fi to keep doing because the special effects are so maybe good. it didn't have enough Sharknados in it. It needed more Sharknados. That could have been it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I don't know. Okay, one other thing I'd like to talk about, my friend. Uh-huh. For my birthday, Julie got me a game. Yeah? It is called The Lost Expedition. Have you heard of this? No. So this is a like a bookshelf card game that is based on The Lost City of Z. So you're looking for the Golden City in the Amazon jungle in search of El Dorado. And uh, it's designed with an art style that looks a lot like Tintin Comics. 
Okay. And so how it works is you lay out a series of cards that you have to traverse going through the Amazon to reach the Golden City. And each you play with uh, two players uh, with one set. You can buy a second game if you want to play up to four players. And uh, you split up cards, and each of the cards have different kind of fucked up scenarios. So you can get bitten by a tarantula. You can get attacked by piranhas. You can get bitten by a snake. You can meet different tribes of natives which are good or bad. You can have bad things and good things happen to you. And you have resources like bullets, health, and food to get you through the jungle. And so you have to work with your teammate. It's a co-op game judiciously playing the cards in such an order so that you can navigate the jungle. And it's kind of fucking hard because a lot of bad shit goes down and you're sitting, okay, so if I get bit by the by the piranhas, I'll end up with some food, and then I can use the food to pay the villagers so that they'll give me some health and I can pass to the next section of the, of the jungle. Like, it's, it's sort of this interesting interplay with you and your teammate and trying to play things, but you're not supposed to really talk about what you have in your hand. So you have to be sort of subtle about, okay, I, I, I think I can get up past this if you think you can help with, you know, we could really use some bullets, Something like that. And then that, that sort of is how the, the dynamic works. And super fun game, kind of hard, really enjoyable. It's only about 25 bucks. The art style is gorgeous. And it's a pretty quick play. You can play it in 30 minutes. So it's a great game that you could like take with you camping or out to do something. It's pretty small, but uh, a lot of fun. It's a Lost Expedition designed by Pure Sylvester. Osprey Games, very cool. All right. And that's I've been playing. Thought. I've been playing Nuclear Throne, but playing is melting, which is particularly challenging since he only has two health, and those first guys you encounter, one shot deals three damage. So you basically can't get shot, not even once, or you die, and the game's over. Aren't we Mare Days from uh, Darkest Dungeon DLC? Yeah, we're about a week away from that. So looking forward to that. But in the meantime, a little Nuclear Throne, and I went back and started playing Doom on the Xbox. On uh, arcade mode, which is, which is fun. Did you see that at E3 they just announced a new Doom game? Doom Infinity. It looks like more yeah, of the same. Doom Eternal, but oh, during Doom Eternal, it looks like more of the same, which is great. More of the same, um, but who gives a shit? The same right. is pretty great. That was a fun like, game. Another serving of bacon? Yes, please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is kind of like. Gamer soul food, isn't it? It's it, <laughs> there's nothing too really fancy is. or too extravagant about it, but it's super satisfying. Yeah, they're like, uh, same exact guy making the music, same exact look, plus some new monsters. Great, sign me up, take my money. <laughs> That's right. Did you see anything else out of there that you thought was cool? No, not a goddamn thing. The new Fallout does not look all that great. Uh, the trailer for Last of Us Two looks fucking good. Yeah, I didn't play the first of us. I, I have it and I haven't played it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get on that this summer and uh, get ready because that looks like a cool game. A lot of stealthing around though with a million guys looking for you. That's kind of hard sometimes. I did a lot of that in uh, fuck. What's that game? Yeah, the one I know exactly what you mean. The one, the guy with the knife and the mask. Yeah, he's crawling around on dishonored. the dishonored, 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 dishonored too. A lot of stealthing around and trying not to make people yell at you. It was kind of like high school for me. <laughs> no. no, it wasn't, Steve. <laughs> Kidding. 
All right, well, uh, I think that's about it, man. You got anything else you'd like to talk about? I have got nothing else I want to talk about. I guess there's there's two quick things I'd like to talk about. Except for this stuff we're about to talk about, which I want to talk about. One, Anthony Bourdain. Fuck. I loved that guy, man. Uh, Yeah, that's too bad. You know, back in the day, uh, my wife, Julie, was the cookbook buyer at Borders Books and Music. And uh, one day she comes home and she's like, oh, my God. I just got this advanced copy. It's the coolest thing. It's about this guy who's a chef in New York City, and he kind of dishes all the dirt about the restaurant industry. Like, you know, be careful with the bread and butter because it's probably been recycled five times, and don't order your steak well done because they saved the shittiest pieces of meat for that. And it's this guy, Anthony Bourdain, and we both read the book and loved it. And she, like, at the time, it was sort of expected to be a smallish or a medium book. And she bought a ton of it for her company because she believed in it so much. And then he went on to, like, all these great things that he did. I always had a, re- a really big respect for him that I had put him up with people like Henry Rollins as, you know, people whose opinions i always like to hear and very interested in and to see him check out really hurt you know him and somebody like chris cornell just people that i really respect that are are gone as far as i'm concerned way too soon that's brutal and uh you know rest in peace man fuck yeah yeah that is that is bad and i don't know actually i don't know what happened but how did he die he hung was it a suicide it was a suicide hung himself in his hotel room yeah all right. Wait, he hung I thought Kate Spade hung herself. They both did. They both did? Well, it's not very original. <laughs> no, I mean, Richard hung himself first. Happened yeah. Just the other day. It, just the other day. But, All right. Yeah, but yeah I, you know, that is too bad. I, I really enjoyed his uh, his writing. I, I mean, I didn't watch much of his TV shows, but I, I really enjoyed um, reading his books. Yeah, he was just a, kind of an original, no bullshit kind of guy, and very human, very caring about the world around us, which I, I think we all aspire to be. So, fuck, it sucks. Yeah. Well, what's the second depressing thing? Uh, the second thing's not depressing at all. Uh, oh, my, my friend Liam, weird. you know my friend Liam. You've met him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was on the podcast a lo- once upon a time. He played some bass for us uh, during a Christmas tune. Uh, Liam just finished the Texas Water Safari, which is a 260-mile canoe race down the Guadalupe River in Texas. He just finished it uh, with a team for his 10th time this last week. Good weekend. God, man. So congratulations, man. Uh, I look forward to hearing your adventures, and well done for, you know, I can't get out of bed. I, that was Julie and I are, like, sitting, drinking a coffee, eating a bagel on Saturday morning, and we're like, do you know that Liam is like 50 miles into 260 mile canoe race right now? God, we're lazy and shitty. So congratulations, Liam. You're an awesome stud of a human being. And I uh, can't wait to hear your adventures when you get back. Good job, man. All right, that's it. Anything else? I can think of nothing else. Let's uh, close this taco stand. If that's allowed, okay. If that's allowed here anymore. I think it is because we speak Fine. of tacos with great affection. Our usual bullshit. You can uh, thank you very much, of course, to Uwada for allowing us to feature their music on the show. Again, you can find their stuff at Uwada, U-A-D-A dot Bandcamp dot com. Uh, throw them a few bucks. Get some music. I think that they would appreciate that. 
our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. We've got new content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the heavy half hour. You can find my stuff such as it is at mightywombat.com. Doing cartoons just about every week now. Back doing that. Occasionally writing something kind of silly. Anything else? Are you on the Twitters? I'm not on Twitter. Fuck Twitter. <laughs> I am on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there. We also have a Bone Bat Twitter feed, where is, uh, which is your go-to for information about uh, film festival news, of course. Uh, also, you can find that information on our Facebook page, which uh, we you we will often post things like uh, shorts that we like, uh, when shorts that played at our film festival are released to the general public. You can find it there first. You can find sweet deals on video games. Speaking of sweet deals on video games, additionally, we're like a week away from the uh, Steam Summer Sale. You know this, right? Oh, geez. No, it always sneaks up on me. And then I'm like, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like the 20th. It's going to be the 20th through the July 5th or something. So uh, everybody keep an eye out because, uh, you know, everybody needs more games on their Steam queue that they don't play. That's exactly what they need. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Got one more tune I would like to gift to you this fine evening from Uwada and their latest Cult of a Dying Son. This is called Blood, Sand, and Ash. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
Stop, 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 stop. Okay, it's... I hate to say this, but it's come to my attention that after saying the band name like roughly 5,000 times during the episode, I screwed up and have been mispronouncing it the whole time. The band is actually called UADA. That's U-A-D-A. And you can find their music at uada.bandcamp.com. My apologies to the band. And as Henry Rollins once said to Venom, Hail Satan, party hardy. Surf naked.